delighted to invite again our in-house powerhouse, uh, the amazing Pastor Adele. Put your hands together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mel. Oh, thank you. Can we just pray before we hear the word of God? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your presence in our lives, Lord. And I just pray it be your words today, Lord. Your words that come forth today, Lord. And I pray that you, you meet people where they're at, Lord. The, the, the things, the hidden things of the heart that we can't see but you know. I pray you meet them needs today, Father. And I pray we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am tired. I am tired. This is something I've been hearing so much lately. And if I'm honest, it's been something that I've said myself a lot lately too. I am tired. You know, I read, you, I read a funny quote yesterday which said, I'm not a night owl or am I an early bird. I'm some form of permanently exhausted pigeon. Do we have any permanently exhausted pigeons in the room? I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> Is this sound okay? I'm not too loud, am I? I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> so permanently exhausted pigeons. And do you know what? When you look out on the world today, Pastor Mel's already mentioned it. There's no surprise, is there really? You know, we look out on all this chaos. You know, we, we look out this this social division. The, our, our normal societal structures are changing and they're still changing. And, and nobody's been unaffected by this, really. You know, we have it in our subconscious, don't we? It's like a background noise. It's going on, right? And I think Christians and non-Christians, we've all been affected by it. What if this changes now? What if my loved one gets sick? When can I see my loved one? We can all relate. And it's like this extra weight just on top of us. Yeah, it's heavy. It makes us feel tired. And you know, this isn't a physical tiredness that I'm talking about. It's not a physical tiredness. It's not like I've just run 10K, not that I do anything like that, but if I did, <laughs> you might want to speak to Greg or Kirsty for some tips on that. But it's not a physical tiredness I'm talking about. If it was a physical tiredness, I'd know what remedy I'd need carbohydrates, a protein shake, sleep, whatever it is, I'd know the remedy so that my body could rest and feel strong again. It's not a physical tiredness. I'm talking about a tiredness on the inside. Does anyone feel that tiredness on the inside? It's a soul tiredness, isn't it? A soul tiredness because you know what? We have a lot of stuff to deal with on the inside. All of us, each and every one of us, and not just the stuff that we're all experiencing um, in, in recent times, but our own personal eternal battles. We all have them, don't we? You know, I saw this um, image. Mel, if you could just put that image up. I saw this image the other day, and it really impacted me. All this stuff we deal with on the inside of us. All these invisible pains and worries that we carry that nobody else can see. It's all under the surface, surface, and we deal with this, and we wonder why our souls are feeling so tired and weary and heavy. Hurt, betrayal, rejection, self-doubt, who am I, what am I here for, can I really make a difference in my life? 
We have all this weighing us down. No wonder our souls get tired, yeah? So the title of my message this morning then is, is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible for our souls to find a true rest in these times? And I'm talking about a rest from the craziness around us, but I'm also talking about a rest from ourselves, you know? Is it possible? And I think it's something we do all really long for, isn't it? There's something in us, like built in us instinctively that we just know we need to rest. We need to rest our souls. It's like we long for it sometimes. We crave for it. I can't wait just to shut the world off from around me, just to turn everything off and just rest. I just need to rest. Rest for the soul is something we all know we need and we all long for. But is it possible? Is it possible? Is there a remedy for our soul's tiredness like there is for our physical tiredness? Is there a remedy? And I'm not talking about um, a motivational speech here. I'm really not. You know, they are good in their place, but we are living in challenging times, guys, aren't we? We are living in really challenging times, and in challenging times, we need something secure for our souls. We need something secure that our souls can anchor themselves into and rest. So when the wind and the storm beat against our house, we're not destroyed. Pleasant platitudes, like come on, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I think that's how it goes. They're just not going to work. We can try, but we'll still feel like exhausted little pigeons. Amen? Is there something deep, something deeper I can anchor my soul into? Something that's, that's not of myself. You know, our strength is, is, is waning. We need somebody else's strength we can use. Something outside of ourselves. Amen? We need something that is not temporal but that is eternal. We need something that is eternal. You know, deep, the Bible says that deep calls out to deep. Deep calls out to deep. And our deep, each internal needs need deep, eternal truths that they can anchor themselves onto. We need something deeper. So Jesus is going to speak to us this morning through his eternal word. He's going to speak to us this morning, and he's going to answer our question. Is it possible to find a soul's rest in these crazy times? So the text we're going to go to this morning is Matthew 11, 27 to 30, and I'm going to read this text for you. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, I love that. What a promise, hey? What a wonderful verse, what a wonderful promise. Jesus affirms that yes, yes, rest is possible. Rest is available to us. 
And when we look a little bit deeper into this text, we can draw two instructions out that if we follow, it will help us experience a soul's rest. So the two instructions, where do we go and what do we do? Where do we go then and what do we do? So the first underlying instruction we read, come to me. Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Come to me. You know, Jesus tells us that within himself, within who he is, he will provide our soul's rest. He will provide the, the, for the need of the internal longings of our soul. Jesus is the perfect remedy for our soul's tiredness. Jesus is the rest for the restless heart. Jesus is the wellspring for the wearied soul. He says, come to me. Come to me. And when you, when you think about this, it's quite a claim he's, Jesus is making here, isn't it? It's quite a claim because he's not saying to one or two people, I can, I can provide that rest for you. He's not saying to a few hundred people, come to me, I, I can provide the rest. He's not even saying it to a thousand people, which would be impressive within itself. He's thrown the invitation out to the world. <laughs> Anyone, all, everybody, anybody who is weary, you can come to me, all of humanity, and I can give you rest. Now, how can he do that? <laughs> how can Jesus provide rest for every single person, all of humanity? Well, when we, let's look at where the restless heart begins. The restless heart begins, the weary, heavy soul begins when we become separated from God. It begins when, when, with the absence of the presence of God in our lives. You know, Ecclesiastes uh, 3.11 might help us out with this. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. He planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. When our Father created us, when our Father in heaven created us and fashioned us with his own hands, he planted the things of eternity in our heart. That's why, we, that's why we long for the things of eternity. That's why we long for this unconditional love and significance and value and just um, acceptance. That's why transcendent beauty just, just captures us so much. When we see these magnificent sunsets or beautiful landscapes, when we read beautiful pieces of poetry or hear beautiful music, it speaks to us, right? It captures us. Our heart longs for the things of eternity. We were originally designed to live in God's presence, weren't we? That was the design in the Garden of Eden. We were to live face to face with God, fully in his presence. Adam and Eve and God in the garden together. That was the design. But then sin entered the world and humans were cast out. Adam and Eve out of the garden. Humans were cast out of the presence of God. Separated from the one thing, the one thing that satisfies our soul, the one thing that satisfies our internal longings for the things of eternity. And it, it kind of left us with, with, this, with this hunger inside, this need inside. You know, we long to experience it again and again. Romans 8 tells us, 
And it's not just creation. We, who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit, also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as sons and daughters of God, including our physical bodies being transformed. We have this, it's like groaning inside all of creation. We long just to to be fully in the glory of God and fully in the glory of eternity. And what do we do here when when that's not getting met? What do we do when these eternal longings aren't getting met? We try harder, don't we? We try and fix it ourselves, right? We look within ourselves. What can I do? What can I fix? We try and get more. We go harder. And it leaves us feeling tired. It leaves us feeling weary. It places a burden on us, a heavy burden that we just weren't meant to bear. But Jesus came. (laughs) But Jesus came. (laughs) Jesus came and he said, you don't have to try and fill that void anymore on your own. You don't have to try and fill that void by yourself because now you can come to me. Now you can come to me and I will satisfy your soul's desires. I will give your soul the rest it longs for. You can come to me. How can he do that? Well, Colossians 2.9 tells us, for he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in him We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So he knows who he is. He knows who he is. He is the fullness of deity living in human form. Jesus is God, so he can say to the world, come to me and I can give you what you need. I have the power within myself to lift the burdens of humanity and give you the rest that you need. You can come to me, he says, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Father. Nobody has seen the Father except me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Me and the Father are one. He says you can come to me because I am the still waters. I am the green pastures. I am the strong tower. I am your refuge. I am your anchor. I am the true shepherd of your soul. You can come to me. And Jesus will satisfy the internal longings of your soul. Because only Jesus can whisper the deep things of eternity into your soul. Only Jesus Only Jesus can confirm your eternal value and significance as sons and daughters of God. Only Jesus can fill, put into your heart that eternal love that we need. Only Jesus can show you things about yourself that you haven't seen yet. Can show you who you really are. Only Jesus can give you a rest for your soul. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Because you know what? A lot of things invite us to come to them, don't they? A lot of things invite us to come to them. There's a lot of shiny things out there that invite us. Pleasures, prominence, wealth, 
recognition, self-help programs, whatever it is that says, hey, come, I I can give you rest. I I can make things better. And we go. But they never really give us rest, do they? They never really give us rest. Then we need more. (laughs) They never give us rest. But we know when Jesus invites us to something, when Jesus invites us to himself, he is always inviting us into a place of life. He is always inviting us to step fully into our true design and our true creation. He is always addressing the the core and the heart of who we really are, which is going to produce life and peace within us. Is the Bible still relevant today? I think it is. Guys, we find ourselves living in a time when we just need so much more of Jesus, don't we? You know, this, people are so confused. You, you know, gender lines are blurred. There's just so much confusion out there. People just confused about who they are, what they're here for. So much restlessness than ever before. And this invitation, this invitation from the mouth of Jesus is still just as fresh today as it was back then. And he's saying to you today, are you tired? Are you tired? Then don't go anywhere else. Just come to me. Come to me. This is the God, guys, who created heaven and earth. This is the God who stepped down from eternity. This is the God who who went to the cross and suffered the pain and the shame of the cross. This is the God who literally went to hell and back. So you would have the opportunity to come to him and be with him. Will you go to Jesus today? Will you go to him tomorrow? Will you go to him the next day? (laughs) You know, we need Jesus, don't we? Are you tired and weary? Then come to me. You know, tired doesn't mean that we're weak. It doesn't mean that we're weak. Tired doesn't mean that that we can't pick ourselves up and carry on. Tired doesn't mean that this is the end of our story. Tired just means we need more of Jesus. We need to go to Jesus and let Jesus revive your soul as you move closer to him, as you open up your heart to him, And connect your heart to his. Do you know tired also doesn't mean we we stop. (laughs) We don't just stop. You know, Jesus didn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and and burdened and stop. (laughs) Sometimes we, we wish that was the case. He doesn't say that, does he? Because the next instruction says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we have to keep moving with Jesus. There's a flow with Jesus, isn't there? We have to keep walking and and working with Jesus. Because you know, all our lives, every single one of our lives, if we recognize it yet or not, if we believe it yet or not, all of our lives have a purpose here on earth, an eternal purpose. God um, prepared works for us to do in advance, each and every one of us. 
What do the scriptures say? It says the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. The book of Timothy says God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth of him. And we're here to, to partner with God. We're here to bring king, heaven to earth. There is work for us to do. We don't just stop. Jesus didn't do, just stop. He doesn't tell us to stop. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. And a yoke, you know, maybe it's something that might get a bit lost on us um, in this day and age. It's not something we, we generally use in our language unless you're into farming or agriculture. A yoke was a wooden beam that went across the neck of two animals and underneath, and it would bind two animals together. It would yoke them together so the animals could work together, so a heavier load could be pulled when we, um, when we move then into the sort of first century Jewish culture, this, this word was used for the rab um, rabbi teacher, um, rabbi student context. So if a um, person wanted to become a disciple of a rabbi, they would then be considered as yoked to the rabbi. So what would happen is they would go wherever the rabbi went. They would do whatever the rabbi went. They would take the teachings upon themselves. And the people in this context of Matthew, the people Jesus is speaking to, these were the people that were, that were under the religious um, authorities at the time, the sect of the Pharisees. So they were yoked to the Pharisees and they were getting laid on them, just, just heavy teachings, heavy teachings from human tradition. And it, it was demanding much of them. It was expecting much of them and they just couldn't bear it. It was too hard to bear. Religion. Self-works, self-effort, it's too hard for us to bear. And Jesus said, put that down and take my yoke. So there must be a difference then between the yoke of religion and the yoke of Jesus. Because he didn't say keep carrying that one. He said, put that one down and take my yoke. Put that one down and take my yoke instead. So when he's telling us then to take this yoke, what does he mean? He means, watch what I do. Learn from me. Go where I go. Do what I do. Say what I say. Become like who I am. Become like who I am. Don't just be a believer. Be a disciple. Don't just be a believer. Be a disciple. You know, in Jesus' time, there was a lot of believers. They didn't all make it as disciples. And Jesus is clearly instructing us here. His heart for us isn't just to be a believer. He wants us to be disciples. So will you be a believer or will you be a disciple? Will you be a disciple? You know what's interesting um, about the yoking of two animals together? They would often yoke a, a younger, inexperienced animal with an older, mature animal who, who knew the work you know, who knew what to do. And this allowed for two things. It allowed for the, for the older yoxen, um, not yoxen, animal, to pull more weight. So the, so the younger one didn't have as much weight to pull. It allowed for the older animal to, to show the younger one what to do, where to go. And it also allowed for them to keep in step together. So the younger oxen couldn't run ahead excitedly, nor could they fall back. 
it, it kept them yoked in step together. And this is such a, a wonderful image for us, isn't it? When we think about that, we, when we're yoked with Jesus, he will pull the heavy weight in our lives. He will pull it if we can just stay in step with him and learn from him. And just let him teach us and guide us. You know, there's nothing more restless and frustrating as when you're trying to run two steps ahead of God. <laughs> you just can't get there. You're trying to run two steps ahead. It creates a restlessness. And do you know what? There's nothing more unfulfilling than not walking in the will of God either. When you feel like you're just five steps behind and you're just out of the will of God for your life. But if we can take the yoke of Jesus, Jesus today, if we can take that yoke, if we can consciously join our lives to his and say, Jesus, teach me, guide me, I will follow. That's the important bit, isn't it? I will follow Jesus. I will follow. I don't want to just be a believer, Jesus. I want to be your disciple. I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. And when we do that, when we do that, what we'll find is there's a rest in the work. So we don't just stop. There's a rest in the work when we allow Jesus to guide us. The message translation of this verse says, I will show you how to take a real rest. It says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything ill-fitting on you. There's a grace available to us when we do the work of Jesus. It's an unforced rhythm of grace. A rest available to us as we walk, as we work, as we do the will of God for our lives. And you know, this concept of being yoked, um, it goes laterally as well. It goes outwardly as well. Jesus will, in your life, will yoke you to other people, <laughs> you know. It's our relationships, our marriages, um, the relationships in our workplaces. He'll yoke you to other people. Why? Why does he do this? Because we need people in our lives to grow, don't we? We need people in our lives to perhaps show us things about ourselves that we can't see. We need people to call things out. We need people to show us our weak spots. We need one another, people in our lives, to become more like Jesus. We need that. And sometimes when we've been stretched like this, when we've been yoked to someone and they're stretching us, and it can feel like quite a painful yoke, can't it? <laughs> it can feel like a yoke that you'd just rather remove. Let's take that off. It's too painful. But perhaps the people in your life who you feel are causing you pain and you'd much like to remove, perhaps them people are the people God has put in your life to teach you some things about yourself, to help you grow into become like Jesus Christ. And perhaps the yoke of others is causing us pain because we're pulling against it because we're resisting it, because we're trying to go in the other direction, because we're too proud just to humble ourselves and allow people to help us learn and develop. So I encourage you, if you do recognize 
Jesus yoking you to people in your life, if you recognize that, instead of just wishing the yoke was removed <laughs> and praying for that, <laughs> why don't you pray for yourself that you'll adjust to the yoke? Amen? <laughs> Is anyone out there? Yes. <laughs> pray for yourself that you'll adjust to the yoke. Pray you can become humble. Pray for your heart. Pray for your mind. Say, Lord, teach me. What are you trying to teach me through this person? Lord, let your work carry on in me until completion. I will submit to the yoke you are putting on me. Dan, Karen, you can come up. Thank you, guys. Just about to draw this to a close. The yoke of others. Do you know, I know this isn't always easy. I know this isn't always easy. I've been trying to run three steps ahead of the people close to me in my life. I've not been adjusting to the yoke. <laughs> I've been becoming impatient and frustrated. I've been trying to just go and go ahead. Why can't you keep up? It's come. <laughs> and God had to correct me. God has put his finger on it for me. He had to highlight it to me. He says, Adele, this is not what I want for your life. God showed me that unity and love are far more important to his heart than personal agenda or personal achievement. And I had to adjust myself to the yoke. I had to adjust myself to the yoke because I want what God's got for my life. If truth be told here, it's confession time for me <laughs> anyway. I've been, I've been coming under a lot of the wrong yokes just lately. I've been coming under the wrong yokes. I've been allowing myself to come under the yoke of doubt. I've been bowing my head to the enemy's lies and accusations. I've been buckling under the weight of the yoke of, of confusion and self-doubt and I really felt the spirit of Jesus just say to me will you come to me so I can smash that yoke of oppression off your neck and put one on you that is tailor-made put one on you that is custom-made put one on you that is not painful put one on you that is light and easy to bear and perhaps he's saying that to you this morning You've been carrying a yoke, and it's heavy, and it hurts, and it's painful. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me so I can put one on you that's just right for you. Because you know what? Our Father in heaven who loves us, he doesn't want us to remain exhausted little pigeons, does he? What do the scriptures say? He wants you to soar like an eagle. Isaiah 40, come on. says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on high, um, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. He doesn't want you to be an exhausted pigeon. He wants you to soar like an eagle. <laughs> you know, faith doesn't prevent fatigue. It doesn't prevent tiredness. Faith just gives us a person we can go to. Jesus Christ the Lord. Your Father planted the things of eternity in your heart at the very beginning. And one day, 
we will be there in the full glory of God, face to face with God. And ah, oh, the joy and the peace and the rest our soul is going to feel then. It's unimaginable. But until then, the good news is Jesus has made a way for us to experience the things of eternity on this earth. Jesus has made a way. Will we go to him, church? Will we go to Jesus and only Jesus? Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord. Just like you put the invitation out to everyone, all. You want all people to come to you and experience salvation. We just extend that invitation today. If there's anybody out there, if you're online, if, if you're in the room and, and you've not yet really truly experienced the beautiful Jesus in your heart. If you've not yet come to him, you might have been going to religion and other things, but you've not yet come truly to the person of Jesus Christ. That's you in this room today and you want to take that step. I need you, Jesus. I'm tired. I can't do it anymore on my own. I've not got all the answers. I need you, Jesus. If that's you, then just repeat this prayer after me and we'll say it together, church. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I believe God raised you back to life. Thank you that you forgive me of my sins. I choose to follow you today. I give my life to you, not only as a believer, but as a disciple. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're online, please let us know. We want to get in touch with you. If you're in the room, please let us know because we want to get some resources to you. So I just want to pray for us all, church, and then we're going to go into a song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are, yeah, we are living in crazy times, you know. We are living in crazy times, but you made a way. You made a way for us to come and just be with you and sit with you so you can speak to our soul, you can speak to our hearts, you can affirm things in us of who we are and how you see us. And I just pray that, that this word just continues to grow in people, that this isn't just a word for a Sunday morning. I pray it's a word that, that will help people just in their everyday life, every morning, that they come to you and just be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.